Hi, gals. This is take two of audio four. For some reason, there was a little blip in the audio four between the three minute mark and the 10 minute mark with some important information. And um, so I'm going to go ahead and just re record that section because when I went back to the original file, it was all wonky. So I'm sorry about that for those of you who had, had ran into that problem. Um, so, what we were talking about it, at that point was making changes in our diet, moving from the confusing foods to congruent foods. And lots of people, when they start out on some sort of um, eating plan or you know diet or whatever it is, Um, There's so much of a focus on taking foods out of your diet, so much focus on like deprivation, you feel restricted, you feel deprived, and it's not really, in, in my humble opinion, it's not really healthy to put our bodies in that sort of state or our minds or hearts. And so what we want to do is transition really gently, which is what we do during the course of this three-month program. We're transitioning um, gently enough where there's not a shock to your system. So the first way that we do that, and if you've been working with me for very long, you probably know what I'm going to say, we start by adding. So we start by adding really nutritious, what I call congruent foods. And these nutritious congruent foods help your body have enough energy in order to detoxify, in order to cleanse. It's like bringing in the troops, bringing in the good guys in order to help the body start to move in the direction of health. And the other step that we start taking is we don't deprive, we replace. So rather than um, getting into that dieting famine mode, which is what happens, your body goes into kind of a famine mode when it feels deprived and restricted, especially on a subconscious mind level. Instead of moving into that mode or state of being, we want to make sure that you give your body what it's needing because, you know, all cravings, all um, physical um, hunger has an underlying need. So the underlying need could be physical, it could be emotional, but rather than depriving ourselves, what we want to do is figure out what is my body really needing? And how do I meet that need? And this is a really big key because if we are not allowing ourselves to um, tune in and find out, why am I hungry? What's going on? What is this this, uh, hunger speaking up for, whether it's emotional or physical? Then we can't really heal and our body's going to keep fighting us rather than um, getting into that healing mode. So we just focus on not depriving, replacing. Also what I call trading. So you can have these really amazing, um, healthy versions of traditional favorites. And like, you know, ice cream and spaghetti and, um, you know, chocolate and, you know, bread. There's all sorts of things that you can still have that are so healthy. They're so congruent and they are healthy versions of those processed foods. And then you're really meeting your body's need for nourishment. Maybe you're meeting your heart's need for fun. And um, maybe you're meeting the general need for just satisfaction, but you're not fighting against yourself. You are uh, giving your body what it's needing and you're giving your your whole being what it's needing. So we like to come from that angle because what that does is it puts your body in a relaxation response. 
your body's thinking, oh, she's no longer fighting against me. She's on my side. She's giving me what I need. It helps the whole nervous system. The whole subconscious mind just kind of calm down. When we're not continually saying no to ourselves, we're saying, hey, what do you need? Let me give you the healthy version of that so that you're satisfied on all levels. All right, so let me talk real quickly about the two categories of food. I don't like to think in terms of um, good, bad foods, yes foods, no foods, da, 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 da. That's fine, but it's not really the direction I want to take this. I, I call these confusing versus congruent foods. So confusing foods are foods that confuse your body's system. It's edible food-like substances. They are foods that are not real food. They are um, pseudo-foods. Your body doesn't really recognize them as food. Yes, they can go in. Yes, they can um, you know, go inside your body. Yes, they can be you know, semi-digested, but they're not actually giving your body nourishment and nutrients and what it needs in order to thrive. Plus, these foods are addictive. They throw off the, um, the, the chemical balance in your brain. They throw that off and they light up certain parts of the brain that, um, are very, it, that create lots of addiction. So if you've had trouble letting go of certain foods, just know there's nothing wrong with you. It's not a matter of willpower. Some of these confusing foods light up the brain in such a way that they're as addictive as cocaine. And that is actually uh, scientifically proven. So, um, so the confusing foods are those addictive foods. They're very inflammatory. Um, and the, some of the, the physical root cause of, of disease diseases are, is often inflammation. So if we can get the inflammation down, then the body can heal much more naturally. And then the other category of foods are the congruent foods. And the reason I call them congruent foods is because you are a pure, real, live, whole human being, and you need those pure, whole, real, live foods in order to be congruent with who you are. And we're so used to putting all this like crap food in our bodies and expecting our bodies to, to run efficiently, and, and we're eating foods that are dead And when we're an, a live being, and so we need those live, pure, whole, nutritious foods in order to live congruently with who we are. So it's a, in a sense, it's common sense, but it has been so messed with in our culture that uh, it's not your fault. Like we, like I mentioned, and I think the other audio, we we have all these emotional associations to these foods, and they feel so like comforting to us. And so that's part of this program is rewiring those associations, giving your body the nourishment that it's needing. All right, so I'm going to go through the list of confusing foods and um, the. The, the top, the one that, that you, we didn't get to, um, that got cut off in the other audio, and it's the number one, so I'm just going to mainly talk about that one and then just mention the other seven, or the other six. Top one is sugar. So we're talking um, white sugar, you know, white table sugar, evaporated cane juice, high fructose corn syrup, you know, sorbitol, maltitol, um, even agave nectar, uh, even some of those healthier ones, organic sugar is still sugar. So all these, sh- the, what these sugars do is three main things. Um, it causes inflammation. The body can't heal when it's highly inflamed, and um, your your joints will hurt. It causes weight gain. It causes acne. It causes all sorts of imbalance hormonally because of the blood sugar spike. So your your blood sugar will will go up. 
And uh, because of all that sugar is raising your blood sugar and then it's going to plummet. And so it creates these mountains and these valleys, these highs and lows of blood sugar imbalances. And when your blood sugar gets low, then your body's going to crave sugar. And so then you're going to want to eat more and it sends your body or sends that blood sugar way up on a spike again, and then it's going to crash and that cycle keeps on going. And, um, so the blood sugar is a big problem. The inflammation is a big problem. And then, um, of course the addictive quality, as I mentioned earlier, sugar is the, the part of your brain, uh, the, what it does to the part of your brain that, um, that is, is responsible for the, like the wanting the feel good hormones, you know, um, it, it takes that part of the brain and, and artificially lights it up. Um, and, um, in the same way that cocaine would light up the brain. And so it's very, very addictive. You probably notice with sugar, if you like, you have some, then you just keep wanting more. Um, so again, not about willpower. It's just the quality, the, the lack of quality in these foods and the processing of these foods. Um, with sugar, uh, originally the sugar cane, you know, the plant, the sugar cane plant, there's nothing really like wrong with it. It's meant to be just like a sweet sort of root. Um, it kind of looks like a bamboo stick and it's, um, there's nothing wrong with it inherently, but what happens is they take that sugar cane and they take it through 22 different processes to get it into the form that we use it in. And so those, it's through the processing that it uh, is creating and, and wreaking so much havoc on our bodies because the body doesn't really know what to do with it. Um, rats won't even eat it if it's been sitting on a shelf inside a warehouse because they know it's just not food. It's not real food. So um, it's, it's average that um, Americans are eating 156 pounds of sugar per year. 156 pounds, and that's a lot. So if we can um, replace uh, sugar with other sweetness, we still need sweetness. We just have to find it in ways that don't take us on that wild ride of the blood sugar highs and lows, um, the, the sweetness that isn't inflammatory, it isn't addictive, then we're in so much better shape. All right, so number two is gluten, and gluten is a protein found in wheat and barley and rye and most grains except for quinoa, amaranth, buckwheat, and millet. Um, So the protein found in these are really highly inflammatory, and um, essentially what happens with these grains, um, they turn to sugar in the body. So they essentially have the same type of issues that I just mentioned with sugar. So you have inflammation, you have that addictive quality. You might've noticed that with, um, you know, when you're eating like bread or something and, and you eat a little bread and then you just want a little bit more and you can't figure out like, why do I keep wanting this bread? You know, um, it's that addictive quality. That's the same as sugar. Um, it really messes with, um, joints with, it has, uh, contributes to skin issues, things like that. So gluten is um, a real problem. And when people get off of gluten, they start to notice some really big, um, beautiful changes in their body because um, we're not contributing to that, that inflammation that's contributing to 
the weight gain and the skin issues and the joint pain and the foggy, you know, fogginess in the head. And so you may notice or may have already noticed when you take out those glutinous grains that you see some really awesome changes in your body. All right, so on to the last five. I'll just name them quickly because I believe that we've kind of caught up um, on the audio and the rest of it is in audio four. But the uh, number three, confusing food, number three is dairy. And number four is corn. Number five, alcohol and caffeine, the uppers and downers. And number six is the artificial sweeteners. Number seven, hydrogenated oils. So um, listen to the rest of audio four in order to get the, the full scoop. You'll want to finish it because we talk about the good stuff. I don't like to give the airtime to the negativity. We want to get through that as quickly as we can. Talk about the good stuff, the con- uh, congruent foods. We do a little tapping and then talk about your intention for the week. All right, that's it. Lots of love to you all.